Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give you a quick reminder. A lot of you guys have been DMing me, sending me messages, asking me when I'm going to be teaching another small business workshop. Good news. We are kicking off my free masterclass, Social Media for Small Business, on Monday, April 25th. So if you're looking to up your social media game, when it comes to your business, you are absolutely going to want to join me. You're going to walk away with a comprehensive idea of what to post, where, when, and how, how to do so efficiently. We're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about engagement. We're going to talk about being just really efficient in your content approach and telling your story and sharing your why and showing up authentically, you are absolutely not going to want to miss this. So click the link in the show notes for more information and to sign up, but don't wait because the doors close on Friday and class starts Monday. I hope to see you there. Another quick reminder, if you like what you hear in today's podcast, please make sure to leave a rating or review wherever it is that you listen. I would appreciate it so much. So today we're talking about my favorite topic in the whole world, and that's summer camp. And anyone who knows me knows that I credit my years at summer camp to ultimately making me the person that I am today. Allison Corey Miller has figured out a way to bring summer camp and the virtues behind it to kids and families around the world. She is the founder and CEO of Happy Camper Live, a lifestyle brand centered around the world of summer camp. Her vision is to bring the magic of summer camp to every kid in the world, 365 days of the year. The happycamperlive.com website and app provide both free and subscription-based content, which includes hundreds of activities taught by real counselors and coaches, live broadcasts, an original 41-episode web series, a 360 virtual reality camp, the world's Biggest Campfire, where kids can upload videos and share their talents, a jam-packed camp store with the best stuff for summer camp, a a directory of over 10,000 camps and programs, an informative family blog, and a global community dedicated to community awareness. This comprehensive platform was designed for kids to find their passions, share their talents, and inspire others, all in a safe COPA-certified community. In 2021, Allison founded the Happy Camper Project, which is the philanthropic arm of Happy Camper Live to help meet the needs of youth center organizations, including summer camps. Allison and her husband, David, are also the owners and directors of Camp Starlight, which is a private brother-sister residential summer camp in Northeast Pennsylvania. Please come on in and listen to my amazing conversation with the incredible Allison Corey Miller. All right. So today on Dear Founder, we have Allison Corey Miller, who's the founder and CEO of Happy Camper Live, which is a lifestyle brand centered around my favorite topic in the entire world, which is summer camp. And anyone who knows me knows that camp has played a huge role in the person that I am today. Um, I describe myself as a camper for life. I tell people that everything I've ever needed to know to succeed in life, I learned at summer camp. So the fact that Allison is bringing her passion and the magic of summer camp to every kid in the world, 365 days a year through her platform on Happy Camper Live makes me thrilled to no end. So Allison, welcome to Dear Founder. Thank you. I feel like you should be doing a camp cheer or something. Now. I know, right? <laughs> Might have to add that, right? <laughs> but I'm so I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm I'm so glad you reached out because you know the minute I opened up your email and I saw what you were doing, one I didn't know about it, and so I'm so glad that I do. 
Um, but two, I, I mean, you just have so much to offer so many people and, you know, I, you have a, an extensive background because you also own a summer camp in Pennsylvania. So I would love for you to take us through how it is that you got to happy camper and where, what it is today and what you're providing, but, but really like the why and why you're doing it. Sure. Well, I love to share. Um, so I met my husband in college um, and then he took me up to his summer camp to work one summer. And um, I was not sort of the um, passionate summer camp um, camper like you, Lindsay. At first, I was like a homesick kid and I really struggled and all of that. So I'm probably the last person you would think if you knew me when I was a kid that would like own a summer camp. So I like to get that out there um, because I find that to be kind of interesting. But it was my husband, like you, just so passionate, wanted to spend his life owning a camp. And we bought a camp 25 years ago. And we've been running that camp. Um, We have about 500 plus kids there every summer. And about four years ago, David traveled to South Africa with my daughter, and um, she is our associate director now. And Haley and David traveled and worked at a camp that works with the poorest kids from the township of Soweto. And this is an organization called Global Camps Africa. And so Camp Sizanani provided him the experience to be a real camp counselor and not a camp director. So he was actually like teaching in the pool, um, swimming lessons and doing all these things. And when he came home, his life was changed. I mean, he just could not stop talking about the experience he had and the experience of the kids. And I had been looking for ways to expand what we were doing and um, reach more kids. And I had one of those light bulb moments, like really just woke up with this idea of creating this virtual platform to bring summer camp to kids that couldn't afford to go to camp, who really either they had um, restrictions on going to camp, like health issues and things like that, um, or kids just, you know, geographically couldn't go. So those were my three audiences that I wanted to reach. And I reached out to a friend of mine called, his name is Steve Slavkin. And he wrote and produced a TV show called Salute Your Shorts. And Steve was my husband's summer camp counselor. And I said, Steve, I have this idea. And I want to bring summer camp to kids every day of the year, no matter where they are in the world. And he's like, I'm in. Because you know camp people, right, Lindsay? Camp people are camp people. And we will do anything to... (laughs) to bring camp to anyone. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, that's, I also have so many questions about the whole COVID and camp because right. of that. So, but, but keep going because. I yeah. So Steve and I just started um, working on happy camp Live, and we produced a lot of content for the site and built the site. And what we focused on was inspiring kids to find their passion. Because one of the things I do at camp is I am the programming director. And with all the different activities that we have, I, you see sometimes that if a kid taps into something that tries something new, either they're you know, learning about risk taking or they're you know, getting inspired um, and finding this sort of whole child, not just you know, sort of the school educational part, but the part that camp offers, the social part and the um, inspirational passion part. So that's what I wanted to focus on. So we have hundreds and hundreds of activities that we took our actual camp counselors at camp and coaches, and we produced all this content. And we put that on this platform called Happy Camper Live. And we went live in January before COVID hit. And around March, the middle of March, I started getting calls from camps that had they already knew they had to cancel because they knew they had kids with health issues and they just weren't going to be able to open. And I created a portal on the back end of the site where the the camps could run for the kids. And so we had inner city camps, um, camps with, like I said, kids that had health issues. And this was all the virtual camps that ran during COVID. Yeah. The virtual camps. All of those camps, there were like at least 30 different programs that were running on the back end of my site because I had all of this great content already. I had the platform and, you know, not every counselor can teach magic or soccer. So they were able to use my resources and I created this portal that allowed them to actually go on a daily basis and run schedules and things like that and interact with their kids all through Happy Camp Live. So then I started getting calls from a lot of brands 
that were trying to figure out like, how can we help families that were looking for things to do in their backyard and stuff like that. So I started creating content for brands. So we had a partnership with Lunchables, which was really fun. And I shot a lot of um, unique videos of how they could like all the things the kids could do with the boxes and Wacky Wednesdays and all the camp stuff, which was really fun um, because kids that really didn't know camp um, we're able to come onto the site and see all like the campy fun things we do that are not just like the basketball, but like, oh, we can, you know, can't, we can make fun out of anything. Like we could have a post-it contest, right. And, you know, who can stick it like wherever, <laughs> you the know, best like- part of camp are, you know, and I always say that, like, I learned how to canoe. I learned how to sail. I learned how to water ski. I learned how to shoot bows and arrows at camp. I mean, all these things that people who don't know me in that life would be like, you know how to do that. And yes, I do. And I still do know how to do that, but that is not what camp is all about. It's what happens in between those things. Yeah. And to your point, it's like being creative and doing silly stuff, like putting post-its on your face or whatever it might be. And those are the memories that you take away. So I love that you were encompassing not just the activities, but the, the, really the nature of camp and the spirit of camp. Exactly. And the spirit and the fun. And um, so, yeah, so we've been, um, you know, we have a lot of different things on the website where we want to be a full resource, you know, to the kids, but also the parents. So we have a very active blog. Um, We also have a podcast called My Camp. And so, you know, how you like to talk about your camp. Um, We've been focusing on a lot of different camps, a real, like, variety of camps with different missions and purposes and just having the directors or camps or campers or staff come on and talk about that because everybody just wants to talk about their camp. And if you don't have a camp, then either Happy Camp for Live is your camp or we have a camp listing like where parents can research and, and find camps. So we really wanted to be like this lifestyle brand, like you said at the beginning of, of, of the conversation, that centers around summer camp with all different, you know, spokes on our wheel um, to, you know, reach parents in this area. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit too about your revenue streams and how are you making money from this? Because like I heard a lot of different bells go off as you were talking mm-hmm. and I bet you it changed once COVID hit as well. I mean, you have the whole backend system that you're, you know, probably making money off of, you know, allowing people to run camps off your platform. You talked about brand partnerships and content and you have a directory. I mean, you really are a full service website. And I would love to share with people how it is that you can monetize a full service content driven website. I actually spoke um, as a mentor to a high school entrepreneurship incubator last week who they had a content idea for their like business that they were creating. And I spoke with them about how to monetize it. And I always think it's very interesting to hear these stories because I watched the light bulbs go off in their head as I was talking and it was only like a 15 minute conversation. So I think a lot of times we just don't think about how you can turn this passion, um, or this educational mission into something that is an actual business? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. When I started, I really looked at camp as a whole. So, you know, from the perspective of a family looking for camp, so having a camp directory. um, So um, camps actually pay to be listed on the camp directory or to be um, a premier listing. And then we have free listings as well. And it's a marketing vehicle for them because you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are coming to your website. Absolutely. And we're actually, you know, we're embracing all of the relationships with the camp. So I don't know if you've heard of Camp T-Shirt Day. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we are the official like um, platform now for a Camp T-Shirt Day. Okay. So we, you know, sponsor all of what's going on with that. We also do something called Camp Madness. And we have an inner camp competition on Happy Camper Live where different camps submit their spirit videos. And we did a whole bracketed um, uh, Camp Madness last year. So just getting involved in the camp community um, and supporting them to get the word out. Um, and we've been you know, monetizing that. We have a camp store. Um, so we partnered with one of the biggest camp outfitters, Amerisport. And they support our camp store. Plus we have like our own designs and our own um, products in there. And we do have some partnerships as well, where um, we have like art boxes and 
tap shoes and we tried to like line up a lot of the things that you would see in the videos um, to help um, parents like find those items. But we also, because we want kids to be able to participate even when they're watching and um, you know engaging in an activity, you don't always have to have the tap shoes. We'll tell you how to do it right. if you don't have it because the whole point is to make it accessible. Um, so other revenue streams were a subscription site. We're also COPA certified, which is really important. Um, it was important to explain that. Yeah, so we are certified um, by I Keep Safe, and that is a really, really rigorous process to go through as a children's site. But as a lawyer and a camp director, I thought it was really important that um, not only do we follow um, the Child Online Privacy and Protected Protection Act, but we also were certified. Um, and that we went through all the security steps to do that. Um, so that's actually one of the reasons why our subscription model is really important because the credit cards are very helpful to getting consent from the parents so that you know that you're getting that consent. Um, so that's another thing. And then our brand relationships have been really awesome. Like I wish I could talk about one that's coming out on the 14th of February, but maybe I can give you the information after. You know what? No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go live on my Instagram when this episode drops and you're going to talk about it. Oh, yay. All right. So that's going to be really fun to talk about. Um, And I love it because I get to play camp director with the brands. So like I'm on a call and I'm talking, you know, you got to understand, I don't have, I'm a lawyer by background. I've had experience in corporate America. I worked at a big um, auction house and I was head of HR there. So like I get the whole corporate world, but I was never really involved in marketing. And I'm on these calls pitching to the brands and I just love it. And I'm just like, I'm a real life camp director. Like I can make up, I can make fun out of anything. You know, well, so, but that's why this is successful. And when it comes, that's why this is successful all around. But when it comes to the brands, especially, I want to point that out because this is something we talk about a lot here at Dear Founder, and that's authenticity. And there's, there's nothing more authentic than a camp director who is actually a camp director because they love and they are so passionate about what they do. And that comes across. So when you're talking to a brand, they would much rather be partnering with someone who truly feels what they're doing than, you know, a potential influencer who's just looking to like, quote, make a buck. Right. So like, you know, I think it's so important to say that because anyone can be a marketer. Yeah. Right. That's true. And that actually brings me to my next question. And that's really, you know, how do you get the word out about Happy Camper Live to parents and kids? What is your marketing process? Yeah, I mean, I have a team and we do, you know, I'm very big on building a community based around authenticity, which is our summer camp community. So we have a very big newsletter that goes out to our summer camps and we have our subscriber base and then we have our social and we do advertising as well. So we definitely have a variety of things that we do. And when we have brand partnerships like Lunchables, for instance, you know, we partner with the brand on the marketing end too. So they were running commercials on Nickelodeon and bringing traffic um, to our site, but also um, they had a separate landing page where they were giving out t-shirts and camp lunchable things. So it all ties together. And when you have a really great brand partner like that, where, you know, everybody's sort of, um, you know, we create all the content. Um, in that case, they had some some content, some assets, video assets that they gave us. Um, but we were able to, we kind of put it all together for the client. And then that is what we use and share, you know, between the two. What does your team look like? Um, so we have um, somebody who focuses on um, brand relationships. And we have um, somebody who does day-to-day with me. Um, in terms of the site and content, everyday content and things like that. And then we have marketing for Pinterest, which I really love. Um, And also as a camp director, I love. So I'm I'm very dedicated to Pinterest because I feel like, you know, it's just a really good audience. Why do you think that Pinterest is, is, I'm going to interrupt you really quick, is so successful for you? Because that is something that um, I think a lot of marketers have not fully embraced. And I know it can be a huge driver to someone's website. I mean, really and truly, if you're looking to target women, you know, 
30 to 49, that's, that's who's on Pinterest. And that's who is your demographic in terms of the parents. Right. But a lot of people have really, a lot of people have embraced, but there are a lot of people who have not, and a lot of marketers who have not. So how, like, if you could speak a little bit to your success with that, I think that'd be really helpful for the people. Listening. Yeah. I mean, I, I just look at it from my perspective as somebody, when I go on there, I'm looking for ideas and we are all about ideas of things to do with your kids at home or for your kids to do themselves or with friends. So, you know, I feel like, especially during the past two years where people are so desperate for like ideas, like they're just stuck in the house, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's a lockdown situation or it's a snowstorm, you know, people are desperate to kind of like come up with stuff. So I just want to meet the, the needs of the people on that platform. I mean, I just feel like that's why people are on there. That's why I'm on there. I'm on there all the time. So that's was my focus. I have to say, it's not easy to navigate. I actually have a, they, I, I can see why people, it changes a lot. Like some of these other platforms, it's not easy to find people like to committed um, that I know, like to help with the marketing because they kind of have a lot of people have thrown their hands up a little bit. Like they've changed now they have idea pins and, you know, it doesn't take you right to your website, the idea pins, they stay on Pinterest. So they're trying to keep their, keeping their traffic there. So things are always changing. I actually have a call on this new project that I'm working with later today um, to do, to run some Pinterest ads to really see, because I do still think that's the right place for this. So I'll see what the success is. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So I'm going to take you back to your team because mm-hmm. I want to finish talking about your team. Sure. <laughs> so you, ta- you, ta- you told us about the first couple of people. So who else is on your team? Um, yeah, so I have people working on the marketing for Google ads and, and media and then the brand and someone who works with me and myself. And are they all employees or do you no. outsource? Outsource. And can you talk a little bit about why you outsource and how you made the decision to do that? Because I think that's another really important point to bring up to entrepreneurs. I think a lot of times founders feel like they need to have these big budgets to hire full-time employees in order to get jobs done. When in fact, there are so many people out there that you can find as freelancers or, you know, as part-time help to get the job done in the capacity by which you need without making them a full-time employee and still keeping your business afloat. Yeah. I mean, I'm self-funded. This was a passion project. I mean, I really just woke up one day and I said, this is what I want to do. So everything I've done, I've had to be really resourceful with. And I started working with freelancers, my web developers. um, I've seen web developers for five years. Um, Everybody who sort of gets um, attached to Happy Camper Live doesn't seem to ever want to leave. So um, I have writers, um, I have graphic designers that are my go-tos. And so when I have a project and that's what I need, which is what we've been doing for the past two weeks, because I seem to get these very tight deadlines, um, you know, I go to my go-tos and they come back to me and they're like, I'm just thrilled to be working with you. We, I treat them like they're part of my team. So we have that camaraderie. And when I reach out with the last minute request, then, you know, they have that loyalty to me. Um, you know, I'm working on a press release right now and I just sent it to a writer and I'm like, going to have it today. He's like, of course, of course you can, you know, because you, if you develop those relationships, then they'll feel 
like, you know, they're committed to your project. And I also like to explain what I'm doing and my purpose with the people that I'm working with so that they, and, and that, that they, they're in alignment with it. Like they find this project interesting that they want to be, they may not know camp, but they think it's cool and they're excited about it. Well, and I asked that question too, because, you know, we, we've talked about so many different things so far. We've talked about, you know, your directory and your content and your backend programming and your partnership. There's so many things. And so it can really seem to the outside person, like you would have a very big team. And I think it is so important to be fully transparent and share with entrepreneurs and founders and people who want to have their own businesses, that it's not always the case. And that's, I found that with my own company with Bump Club as I was building it. Yes, I did get to a point where I had, you know, eight, nine employees, but a lot of it early on, especially was me and it was me outsourcing. And, um, you know, I want people to know and to understand that you can do these things successfully and self-fund. And I think also, and that that's another thing that I wanted to bring up and to ask you about is, you know, you, you mentioned that your business is self-funded but you also don't have that much overhead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a con- you're providing content, right? So, and so I I like to challenge people who are listening when they're thinking about their business to be creative and strategic with what it is they're putting out because you don't need to you know have an, a big glorious office. You don't need to you know you just you don't need a lot of the things and you can still be profitable, right? Absolutely. Like, I don't think it's not about the the things it's about, you need, I think it's what you, your attitude, right? So for me, I believe I can do anything, right? So here I am, like I'm 56 years old and, you know, I think people would think sort of stereotypically, like not tech savvy and all that kind of stuff. And here and my platform I have an app, I have the website, like everything I do is tech oriented. And I didn't know anything about technology any more than I was really good with Excel. (laughs) And And so when you realized that you needed to know about these things, what did you do? Yeah. So I reached out and I hired a freelancer who was going to support me with building the platform. And, you know, I learned how to use Canva really, really well. It's like my best friend. And then I could put together screenshots and build things. And, you know, I think honestly, that resource um, opened like the door for me to be more creative because in my real life camp, I always, excuse me, Canva did. Yeah. Canva did. Yeah. Canva's the best. It's the best. best. So there I was like, I was always going to my graphic designer who I love, who did the first round of my website. Um, She, you know, she does my work with me for my camp, but I would like have to go back. No, I want to look like this. And I'm very particular about like all that kind of stuff and go back and go back. And then also I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can do anything I want here and create. So I spent a lot of time doing the graphic design, you know, on a big project for, you know, a brand partner, it's going to be a different level, (laughs) but you know, I can still make the changes, you know, and I want to, I want to explain to people listening. I know, I I know a lot of people know what Canva is, but for those of you who have, who do not, I talk about Canva all the time, like in my lives and here on the podcast. And, you know, basically Canva is like having your own personal graphic designer, but you can do it. It's drag and drop. They have templates. You can upload your brand colors into it. And it's the, it's a very nominal fee. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't even really know how much it is, but it's like, uh, you know, it's 50 well, it's, bucks a month or, it's or free, free if you don't want I, the pro. I don't, the pro is like 290. I only know that because I just got billed last month, but even so I looked at that and you have access to all the photos. They even have sound now on there. You know, it's, you it's, can make, and you can make any asset that you want from marketing presentations and flyers to um, social media graphics to stories to videos. I mean, really and truly, you can make everything and there's templates. And so, I, you know, I think it's so important, Allison, that you're saying this because that's like such, that's an important resource that you probably couldn't run your business without at this point. Yeah. Also, you know, pitch decks, you know, so I could, I work with somebody, a graphic designer on a standard pitch deck. And now for any other pitch that I have, I can kind of put it together myself. I have like a great template, you and know, that speaks to the importance of being efficient, right? Mm-hmm. So like, 
how are you building efficiencies into your work every day like that, where like you hire a graphic designer to make a template, it goes in Canva and you can move things around. What else are you doing to, to be efficient in, in this world where you don't have a team of 30 people? Yeah. I mean, I think learning how to do the smaller tasks and not being afraid of technology, like I can edit videos, I can put in intros, outros, and you know what, I don't do it on, um, if I have to, I could do it on like Premiere or like, you know, iMovie, but I find these programs that are like less, like, I'm trying to think of the one I was using to edit, but they're, they're just easier. They're like simple, like not everything needs to be complicated. I have a lot of, um, transcripts on my, so that kids can read along on some, on my videos. Like there's something called Rev and you just dump your whole video in there and it comes out with a transcript and like you can translate it into different languages. And, you know, there's just like things out there that are really helpful that if you're looking for it, I just, I just go online. I'm like, I can find anything. I can do anything. Yes. And, and, and it's so important to say that because I do think that entrepreneurs we get overwhelmed because we're wearing so many hats and there's so many little tasks to be done. But to your point, there's an app or a service or a product for everything. And oftentimes it's minimal, a few dollars a month or whatever it might be. Yet it can make the world of difference in your output. And so it's just going online, like stopping, pausing, don't let yourself get overwhelmed. You go online, you Google, I need a transcriptor and it'll shoot you out like, 15 you know? different apps, right? And and so it's so important to share these things with the people who are listening mm-hmm. because, you know, I think that a lot of people say like, well, what's your secret? Like there is no secret. It's just really like learning and being efficient in order to make the, yeah. the product the best that it can be, right? One of the things that I was, I was working on, I kept hearing was that a lot of the work I did, we were giving, we were giving a lot of, um, a lot of access to organizations that were in need. So if they were running a camp for underprivileged kids, you know, and they, and the camp didn't have the funding, I was still giving them access to the back end of Happy Camp for Life. And um, I was just, it just kept showing up that, you know, people were saying, you should have a nonprofit, you should have a nonprofit arm. And I was like, you know what, I should have a nonprofit arm. I was like, okay, another thing on my list. And sometimes I just set my like three goals for like the three months ahead. And I was like, we're going to have a nonprofit arm. So I went on Wix, the website, and I was just like, all right, I'm not paying a developer to do this. I just don't have the funds. It's a nonprofit. So we haven't even had, we don't have any money right now. So what am I going to do? So I went on Wix and in, um, in a day, I had a website and it looks great. And I took me a while to figure out the donate button um, and connecting it to PayPal and getting all that straight. I hired a grant writer who helps me with grants, interviewed about seven different ones. And I hired a lawyer um, who helped with the filing. And so I was able to do that. I just made it simple. Like I try to just make things simple and don't get overwhelmed. Talk a little bit about the nonprofit part of your company and what it is that you do and how you give back and how it serves others. I think, um, you know, I mean, obviously a big part of what you do is to make camp accessible to everyone, even if they can't um, go to summer camp because of resources, geography, or, you know, potential conditions or health health restrictions or whatever it might be. But um, talk a little bit about what you developed from a nonprofit standpoint. So the nonprofit, the Happy Camper Project, what I wanted to focus on, there are a lot of great organizations where they raise money to send an individual camper to camp. We work with Scope, for instance, which is just fantastic. Um, And I wanted to focus on the camp themselves because I was getting the calls from the camp director saying like, what should we do? We just lost our um, busing to get to to get the kids to camp this summer because the city cut the funding. And there isn't really a universal place where camps can apply for funding. They have to kind of figure it out, you know, locally and all of that. So I wanted to be a bigger resource for camps 
um, where they can sort of apply to say, you know, this is our need this summer. And whether it's in kind, like we just did a um, an interview with a great um, uh, nonprofit camp that's running um, a program where they needed kits for um, the adventure program for five days in the wilderness. And they gave me a wish list, which includes like headlamps and backpacks. And, you know, so we want to be able to give supplies to those camps. We want to be able to give funding to those camps. And, um, you know, that was really, and not just camps, but after school programs as well. Um, so we are really looking to help the camps themselves, figuring that, you know, then more kids can go to the camp, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, so that yeah. was my focus. So, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, your business and how it works and the different ways that, that happy camper live make money. And we've talked about this component about giving back to camps. But one of the things that I really want to talk about is why camp is so important. And, you know, that is your why. And mm-hmm. that is my why for talking to you because I fully believe in your mission. And, you know, I, I, I told you before we officially started and I said at the top of this talk, like camp made me the person who I am. And I, I really truly believe that camp was the greatest gift that my parents ever gave me. And, you know, it's something that I have now turned around and I'm giving to my own kids and it's a non-negotiable in my house. Like if we have to give up other things to go to camp, that is fine. Um, but, you know, camp isn't about canoeing and water skiing and arts and crafts. So I, I want you to talk about why camp is so important, especially right now in this hopefully emerging out of COVID world. Yeah. Well, it was interesting when we sort of pivoted the site, you know, to supporting the camps online as, you know, because they couldn't open during COVID, I was able to be part of running these online camps. So when you see different populations of kids, you start seeing the universal components of camp, right? So it could be, a, it doesn't matter what kind of camp I've worked with kids um, in the foster care system, kids that whose parents are in the national guard, we ran camps for them, middle school kids. And you start seeing that it's the connections that they make with each other um, it's the role models that we bring to them as counselors and camp directors. Um, and I know, you know, they get a lot of that in school, but not in the same way. Like if you think about your kids in school and their teachers, you know, they kind of have like one teacher, maybe they move around, but here they get to be with like 18 to 24 year olds that are in, you know, some are in college, some are working, whatever they are. And, in, and I like to focus on what those counselors found as their passion. And I do believe that the kids just make the connections with the counselors and we'll go into the connections they make with each other, but the connections with the counselors and finding their passion that lights kids up. And I think it makes them whole. And when a kid is happy, you know, whether, um, you know, and to me, it's like whatever makes you happy is what makes you happy. Like you don't have to be kicking a soccer ball. You can be making a film. You could just do something so that's that's kind of the tie that I made to camp with Happy Camper Live was to get kids off the couch. We have no electronics at camp. Now, yes, we go on a website, Happy Camper Live, but we're all about watching, learning, and then get out and do it, yes. right? Um, so keeping kids active and then, you know, bringing the kids joy. We, we are an online program, so connecting kids um, you know, with each other is not what we do on our site unless it's a specific program. Um, but our goal is to like have kids be on Happy Camper Live and say, I want to go to camp. And then they get to have the experience of meeting other kids, being with these great role models, and hopefully, you know, finding their passion. You know, and it's interesting, like my older daughter, um, this coming summer would have been her fifth year. It's her fourth because of the pandemic. And my younger daughter, it's her second going away to overnight camp. And you know, every year that they've gotten off the bus, like I noticed this change in, in them in for the better immediately. It's like this growth, this independence, this, um, confidence that, you know, that I want to bottle up and extend throughout the entire school year. And I believe, you know, really fuels a lot of, um, just how they are as people. And, you know, I will say that like, and, and, and I want to share this because I, I, you you and I have talked about on this conversation how important camp is to camp people, but you know why people should be 
considering camp programs, even if it's just for one week or mm-hmm. a few days or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, when, when we found out and we got that call that camp was canceled that summer, like, I, I mean, I am like getting choked up thinking about it. It was like the worst day of my life. And I, um, I actually didn't tell my daughter for a couple of days because I didn't know how to tell her mm-hmm. and missing out on that summer was, was really detrimental. And I, I was think I was very thankful that our day camp here ended up running that summer. And my kids were able to go and get out and get out of the house, especially during like the whole lockdown and pandemic and whatnot. But, you know, I, I missing that connection with their friends and like, they were right at the, you know, my daughter was right at the cusp of like, you know, she was too young to like have a phone, but she was starting to really talk to her friends in other states on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden they weren't going to see each other for two years. And, you know, and so I just, it's so important, I think for just interpersonal skills and life skills to have a component of camp, whatever that looks like in a kid's life. Yeah. And I think, you know, the leadership team at my in-person camp, you know, being teachers right now, um, you know, we get a lot of feedback and they're just, you know, and you can read it in the papers how much teachers are struggling. But when you're talking to like teachers all day, which is what we're doing, it's, it's really hard. Like people are, you know, considering retirement way before, you know, their time is due and, you know, they just, you know, I heard the other day, someone said to me, yeah, we feel like we're babysitting um, if we get some learning in because the kids are having such a hard time focusing. Um, The maturity isn't there at the grade level that they've been teaching for so many years. So a typical fifth grader just doesn't feel like a typical fifth grader. We saw that at camp last summer too, just kids that you know, we're, we're struggling just missing a year of camp. So I can imagine missing a year of school. Um, And I think, you know, I believe that if anybody has the opportunity to send their kids to camp, it should be a yes, you know, whatever that camp experience is, you know, there's so many different, there's 12,000 different camps in the U S and I think that's actually probably a low number, but that's the official number that's recorded. Um, And I do believe that um, whether it's a family camp um, I work with somebody who runs a great family camp up in New York, um, which, you know, she's just as passionate about camp, I think, as we are. Um, and, you know, or, you know, week long camp, a whole summer away, you know, whatever it is, um, getting the kids on the bus and dropping them off and having them just figure it out. I mean, I was a homesick kid. All right. I hid in the back of my parents' car on visiting day and tried to sneak out of the camp. And they didn't notice me in the back of the car. We were halfway down the driveway. And I was like, oh, wow, I almost got out. I almost got out. Um, And they just turned around and took me back. And I think, you know, I struggled with that, you know, um, just as a, you know, just as a, as a kid and as a teenager. And I think that time to be able to, um, you know, to be able to separate, to make friends on my own. And, um, you know, it's, it's so, it's so important to be able to do that. And I think with everybody, so, I mean, I love how close, like my son wasn't able to go back to college for a year and a half. And, you know, I, I, part of me was like, oh my God, I get my kid home. This is so great. Like, you know, this is a phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid should be at college. What is he doing here? You know? So I feel like that this summer, it's like, yeah, it's nice to have time and plan a family trip around the camp experience like that is important too. let the kid play in the yard yes that is important too but if you have the opportunity to send your kid to camp you will see it will it will definitely definitely change their lives you know they make without a doubt better college roommates they make better roommates they're great team members on projects group projects you know you start seeing it unfold and also i don't know if you notice like your kids actually start doing things around the house when they get back from camp oh my god right when they come back it's like because they're like so used to the work wheel in the bunk that right. they that they are like oh yes i'll do my dishes or i'll you know sweep or whatever it is <laughs> like yes Right. Yes. So, you know, you get some, you get help. So it pays, right? So yes. you send it, even if it costs some money to send your kid to camp, when they get home, they're taking some of the chores off your plate, right? <laughs> Without a doubt. So I have two more things I want to ask you. Um, you know, the first is really like, what is your end game with this? And like, have you thought about funding? Like, 
in terms of growth, like what are, what are your goals with happy camper life? Yeah. I mean, we have definitely been approached, you know, um, about funding and, you know, I, I feel that right now, as long as I can continue to self-fund, there was a time when I had all of the work, you know, all of the work done for it. And then we were able to um, monetize the site enough and increase our revenue where I was like, oh, wait, I don't need that funding right now. So I've been kind of told to just keep going. Um, you know, so I, I've just been sort of focusing on trying to, to do it at this point myself. And um, there are other things in the works, like different spokes in the wheel. Um, and so we can, you know, as those develop, maybe we can come back and chat about that. Yes. But there's a big, there, there are a lot of components to um, my business plan. And so the website and the app are um, just a part of it, because like I said, we're looking at the whole as a lifestyle brand. So I think that as we be able, we're able to um, focus more on some of these different areas, then I think we'll continue to grow for sure. So, and then the last thing I want to ask you is really what I wrap up with all of my guests. And that is, you know, if, people out there that are listening, you know, that are starting their own businesses, what are three bits of advice that you would give them? All right. Well, I guess the first thing is I take one step forward every single day. Um, so I figure out something I need to do. I mean, my to-do lists are so long and um, I just started working with um, Zello Trello, Trello, not Zello, um, which is a great, another great program. I don't know if you use that to just like get organized. So I spend, I have a morning routine. So that's my second, um, which probably could be my first because we start with the morning routine. <laughs> so I have my morning routine and I get myself organized. And I also time block, which is really important. So I have a lot of like those organizational skill, organizational skills and disciplines, which I think is really important. And then taking that one step forward every day. Um, it's, you know, that one step could take me the whole day, you know, um, sitting there building a website and like, keep going. It's, you know, 12 o'clock. I'm like, you know, all right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And one day could just be like, you know, getting to something that just, you know, I call, you know, it's just the stuff that you're putting off and just saying, okay, let's, let's take care of that. Um, and the other thing I'd like to do is I take every opportunity to speak to whoever it is that I'm introduced to. So I have a file called amazing women I've met along the way. And so anytime someone introduces me to anybody and they're like, oh, you should meet so-and-so, I'm like, great. So I will reach out and set up a call and I, you know, have my file. And I've met so many awesome people and they're not all women, but I do have that file that says that. So I take every call. And to be honest with you, I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, in my camp world, I'm behind the scenes, you know, I'm very comfortable kind of, you know, behind the scenes and everything, but I've had to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, by taking those calls and interacting and, you know, building my Rolodex, so to speak, I, I've been able to really expand and I don't always see how it all connects, but it's fascinating how like a year later, you know, I'm like, oh, well, of course, that's why I met that person. That's why I spoke to that person. Um, but I just want to like share a tiny story about yeah, that, if that's okay. So what, so I, I don't know why, and you always don't know why, right? You're just like, why these things happen. But I was taught, I was contacted by an organization that um, is a foster care agency in San Francisco. And they said to me, um, we like X number of subscriptions for the kids. And I was like, of course, you know, so I was sending them off these subscriptions. So I was like, oh, that was interesting. And then I'm on Instagram and I'm looking in a summer camp group and I see an organization called Happy Trails for Kids. And Happy Trails for Kids sends um, kids in the foster care system to summer camp. And they were running a virtual summer camp program. And they were like posting and I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. This woman's great, September. So I reached out and I just said, hey, love to hear more about what you're doing. And then within the same 48 hours, I was connected with Rob Shear, who runs Comfort Cases that provides um, suitcases for kids in the foster care system. 
And next thing you know, I just was like, hmm, let's get everybody on a call together. So I get all of the organizations on a call together. And we are now running weekly hangouts or monthly hangouts called Happy Camper Hangouts for kids in the foster care system. And we are expanding the program. So I get to be camp director every week or every month, depending on what it is that we're working on. And the kids come on and, you know, we'll get magicians and we just had a wildlife person last week. And, you know, and and then they get to go into their hangouts and these kids come on and they are so excited to see their counselors, to be part of something. So, you know, you never know why, um, but if I didn't sort of, you know, take all those people and put them together. And and at the time I said, I don't know why, but I want to connect all of us, you know? And so that's been the fun of the journey, you know? It's amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I, I like how you really wrap this all up nicely and put a nice bow on it, but um, Allison Miller, founder and CEO of Happy Camper Life. Thank you so much for talking with me today about my favorite topic. And thank you so much for bringing my favorite thing in the whole world, summer camp to so many people because you are really changing the lives of so many people as you do it. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Allison. We had a ton of candid conversation and so much in common. And, you know, as someone who's doing something completely outside their wheelhouse, Allison had so many great takeaways for all of us. You know what time it is. Take out your pen and paper. You're going to want to write this down. Number one, when creating a content-based model, look at the topic as a whole. How can those featured in the content benefit from being there and what can you do to work with them? Number two, you don't have to have a big team to make a big impact. You can outsource projects, self-fund, and still be successful. Number three, you have to believe that you can do anything. If you don't know, you have to find help. Reach out to people and ask for the support. Number four, efficiency is key when running a team business. You have to learn how to do the small tasks and you can't be afraid of technology. Number five, understand if and when you want or need fundraising or need funding. If you don't need it, you might not want to explore that route. And if you're able to move forward without the funding, then absolutely do so. Number six, take one step forward every single day, create to-do lists and follow them. Number seven, Make a morning routine and get yourself organized. Time block so that you have to di- you have discipline to keep yourself going in the right direction. And number eight, take time to talk to amazing people and all of the people that you meet and continue to network with them. Take every call. You never know what or how they will impact your life. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Found Her. Please make sure that you take out your phone and follow Lindsay Pinchuk and Dear Found Her on Instagram. We share tons of tips and actionable steps that you can take for your own business on both accounts. You can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com for more. We have some incredible guests coming up, so please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business, please share this episode with them. You can post it to your Instagram, tag me. We'll reshare some of those to say thank you. You can also send it in a text to anyone that you know. Please make sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dear Founder. Her.